0: Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news.
1: Nice. Hey, and welcome back to Great News. Great News. I'm Kevin Ryder. This is Mike Catherwood. True. I stumbled on my own name. Um, And this is where we give you stories that are all positive. Most of the time. I'd say we're at a 90% rate. What do you mean? Look at at my phone is not great news. But I'm saying like we do a couple of things. Look at
0: Kevin looks at Mike's phone. Isn't great news for you. But the viewer? No. Loves it. No, I think Uplifting. Not. I'm saying... Uplifting! I, I would give us a 90
1: to 95%. All 100.
0: positive stories. I'm going with 100, but okay. All right. Positive, uplifting news stories, all for you. This is the intro. The show's about to begin, bro. Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues, because Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. See? I would say
1: that tongue motion is not great news.
0: Yeah. That's because you don't have a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: my first story today is about a kid in uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. And I honestly don't know where young people, maybe it's from their parents or, or relatives or friends, think of starting their own business. I'm going to start my own business.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I definitely don't know where they think of doing it and follow through with it. Right. I could easily see them be go,
1: like, oh, i want to own a bakery. When I, when I say kid, this isn't a four, five, six-year-old, but you'll see him. But he, No, even just a teen. His name is Jamal Wiggins from Baltimore, and he has started a business called Crazy Pudding. All right. I already like it. I watch don't care the, what they sell. Watch the video.
2: You've been in Baltimore for two minutes or more. You have been going crazy over this. The name of the business, Crazy Puddings. And the owner, who has been working out of his van for years, is now preparing to finally open his own store right here in the city where he grew up. New tonight, as WMAR2 News Ray Strickland explains, it's a dream come true for him, but one he hopes will inspire others to chase theirs.
3: Buttercrunch and strawberry? Mm. Right.
4: Jamal Wiggins found his calling when he decided to become a business owner. All
3: right, thank you, I appreciate right, it. Thank you. Have a go. Honestly, I was bored one day. I was in the house, I wanted something sweet. And you can see the chunks of the Butter crunch cookies in there.
4: <laughs> it all started four years ago. I want a banana pudding. But what he created. One of my favorite cookies, which is Oreos. Is something even your own grandmother may envy.
3: Actually, that grandma said, ah, you got something now.
4: And what he got has people hooked. I'm
5: all about the pudding.
6: Ah! I'm all thank about pudding.
5: Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah. Me too, honey. Thank
3: you. you say bye-bye. Ah. Bye-bye, thank you. When I was running two vans, I was selling 1,000 puddings a day.
4: His business, Crazy Puddings, has become a household name in Baltimore. The road
3: to here now hasn't been easy. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Always good. good. I'm proud of you. Thank you.
4: For Wiggins, the support is humbling.
3: They may appreciate me, but I appreciate them more.
4: And he plans on giving back. He's opening his own store in Southwest Baltimore. The
3: pictures, I actually wanted to just... Kind of show the journey of the year leading up to actually getting a store.
4: It's something he wants to be more than just a business, but a symbol of hope.
3: My goal is to definitely inspire people to, to, to make them say, I can do that. Whether it's anything they want to do, clothes, food, drinks, house, you know, flipping houses, just starting anything you want to do. I just want people to know that you can actually do it. You just got to. Take that initiative and do it.
4: Crazy Puddings will open later this month, and Wiggins says he plans to hire young kids from the city.
3: You may not have a person like me that can say, hey, you're looking for a job, you know, come work. You may not have a person that say, hey, you know, come on, like, I got you.
4: But he wants to be that person to one day inspire the next generation of business owners. The limit is
3: beyond the sky. Like, there is no limit.
4: In Baltimore, I'm Ray Strickland, WMAR2 News. How about that? Hey,
0: what is wrong with you? Don't show Cosby, dog, because it ruins that beautiful story.
4: We
1: understand that he loved pudding, did pudding commercials. You know, he liked putting
0: roofies and pudding, you know, and that... Hey, Rudy. Takes away. When did you come? Right Here. Right now. Right now, during Crazy Pudding story, dog. Okay. And I want to say, hey, first and foremost, that, that, that boy with the Crazy Pudding, yes. he deserves... Big, big support and big credit for doing that. Because, like, they even said in the story, it wasn't easy. You know, he had a lot of adversity to get to where he's at now. Right. And that's, like, anything good in life, you have to kind of push through the... It's inspirational. ...finche adversity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so, anyway, I just want to come by and say, I was like, um, you know, I was watching porn. I was hitting up the, the, the hub. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Me? And I love porn. I ain't got no problem with it, but... I was thinking, like they don't they don't put enough work in the naming of porn. You know, they used to do that in the seventies and eighties. They would try, you know, like Lex- in the
1: titles. Lexi- no, the,
0: the 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 for sure the titles. Yeah, pero like even the names of the performers. You know, oh, like, okay, their names. I grew up. It was like Janet Jackme and, and Lexington <laughs> Steele and Randy Spears. You know, like there was something in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And I no. and you're saying today it's
1: not as Important to There's them. There's
0: just not as much effort. Though. Yeah. You know, and I like effort. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, sure. So I came up with some, and I was thinking, like, maybe you know, I could put it out in the, use great news to put it out in the Mira ethos, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the ether, and then people could grab it if they're thinking about getting into it.
1: So somebody who's thinking about getting into it might want one of these names.
0: Do I understand that correctly? That's right. Okay. How about George Pooney? <laughs> You know, like George, yeah, George Clooney or Spoolia Roberts. <laughs> Is that good? Yes. What if you are into like um German porn? It could be Brad Shit. Cause Brad, Brad. Mm, I'm gonna say no on that one. Tom Hardon, like Tom Hardy, pero Tom Gapy Adams.
1: No, no, no. I'd,
0: I'd watch a movie with Gapy Adams. No, Tom. I wouldn't. What about Booty Dench? <laughs> So I'm in on that <laughs> How about Liam Seaman Instead of Lee? Li- no oh, man, and jo- sp- You know Jonah Hill I like that bottle. Yeah me How about, too. How about Boner Hill
6: <laughs> Okay he good like
0: Jonah you know Yeah Michael Asbender yeah. Michael Fassbender Yeah But you're Michael Asbender Sure you're, I get you You know like the last style bender <laughs> pedal, you bend ass Right With your pizza <laughs> Right understood <laughs> <How about laughs> Harry Dick Ford instead of Harris. No. Mm. Tom Splooge instead of Tom Cruise. It's Tom Splooge.
1: I mean, that's not bad. Okay. Um, is this what you do at night? You just try to come up with these? Dick Cage. I don't love this.
0: Dick Dick Cage? Dick Cage, yes. Good. Out, like Nick Cage. Yeah, I get it.
3: Face off. Right.
0: And then my final one, I think this is my best one. Ryan Gosling with a big giant dick that shoots loads. That's You're not even trying with that one. That's what you say.
1: (laughs) That is what I say, as a matter of fact. Wow. Well, we've had one good story and Rudy so far. So I got
0: a good story, Kevin. Hey, Mike. Hey, what happened?
1: You see Rudy? Yeah, I just had to go to the bathroom real quick. What happened? Uh, Rudy came and gave us some names of... It's a long story.
0: And then he gave me his shirt for some reason. Yeah. Wearing the same shirt and hat. Kevin. Yes. You have been working in rock radio a long time. You've gotten to know a lot about the Grammys. You were even an MC at the Grammys. Yes. A couple times. This most recent Grammys, a lot of people overlooked it because of the pandemic, because of a lot going on. But there was such an amazing story, not only in music, not only with the Grammys. I think this is such an incredible, beautiful story about Americana. And I don't think enough people heard about this or saw this. Check this out. Fucking solid. This is not the video I want. <laughs> this is inspirational though. you whistle? this happening (laughs) what how did people how where did you how did that how How, where did you find that how did recording engineers how did that australia how did recording engineers and producers all everyone got then a record label clearly then a video someone made a like how did they all collectively agree like yeah we're yeah okay that's what's that Cocaine. Good answer. So anyway, play this amazing story. (laughs) Or the other one. I like it. Every day,
7: 73-year-old Jimmy Duck Holmes and his biggest fan welcome customers to Jimmy's Blue Front Cafe and Juke Joint in Bentonia, Mississippi. Graceland, it is not. You don't read music. No. You don't write music. No. You don't write lyrics. Nope. And you're up for a Grammy.
8: I guess it's a divine thing, I don't know.
7: Jimmy is the last of the old Bentonia bluesmen.
3: Morning, morning.
7: A brand of blues known for its haunting, hypnotic style.
3: Morning, morning.
7: Decades Jimmy has played mostly here at the Blue Front.
3: I said it,
7: but a couple years ago, his friend and manager planned a trip to Tennessee for what Jimmy thought was a sightseeing tour. So, let me get this right you didn't even know you were going to Nashville to record an album.
8: I had no idea. He insisted I'd bring my guitar, but he wouldn't tell me what the deal was. So, I said, Okay, and that's the way I am. (laughs) You're gonna hear it, I'm gonna play it.
7: And that's how this old time blues pioneer. Ended up next to this eight-time Grammy-winning musician and producer named Dan Auerbach. He just sits down and he starts playing, and songs start coming out. So you just made the whole thing up as you went. Completely. This was a beautiful moment that I was lucky enough to be a part of. Really.
8: That's one of the guys it was also lucky. a moment
7: that will never be repeated. Jimmy never plays the same song the same way twice.
8: My mama,
7: the record, Cypress Grove, is up for best traditional blues album. If you win this Grammy, are you worried it's going to go to your head?
8: My head is like a concrete floor. It don't swell. can't swell it.
7: If anything, Jimmy says it will only make him more humble. When you
1: got something that you can share, that's an honor.
7: The honor of sharing a gift. Jimmy says that's more than enough to keep him endlessly happy singing the blues
3: every every Monday morning
1: did he win the Grammy
0: Sully did he win (laughs) you don't know Uh, know. it just just dawned on me I was like I didn't even follow through and check it out I mean that's not a that's a typical way you think yeah
1: typical way you think specifically what was that dude's name The answer is no. He didn't didn't win. win.
0: How do you not give him the Grammy? I agree. What was better in the blues category this year? Fuck you, Grammys. Although my neighbor won the best jazz performance. No kidding. I know it's crazy, right? Couldn't be so. Doesn't even
1: do jazz. (laughs) Wild. He
0: plays mariachi. Um, (laughs) But dude, really, like, put some thought into that. This is just a guy who plays in a very, very remote small town in Mississippi he plays in front of his little like uh, corner store and Dan Auerbach r- recognized that this is such a lost form of this like old fashioned Delta blues and that it doesn't happen. He's like, no, come to my studio in Nashville. Just lets the guy go- record it. And then he gets nominated for a Grammy. And, uh, you know, I think that that's such a, a, a crazy story because that's really at the heart of American music at its foundation. I mean, there's, if you try hard enough, you can really trace any form of music back to someplace else because America's essentially people from all over the planet. Um, but Delta Blues, that's, yeah. that's us. You can't—the you, South, the American South, that's where it came from. So I just thought that that was such a fantastic, crazy story. I'm happy um, that you didn't check if you won the read It was like—I was so enamored by it. That I was like, yeah, I just got to share the story. I'd never even.
1: <laughs> it never occurred to you to find out. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Yeah. Fucking guys. How do you not give them the
1: credit? This uh, next story is very weird. And I tried desperately to find the people who tipped me off on Twitter. Okay. There were like three people that sent me the story. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find any of them because Twitter is my enemy.
0: <laughs> but. You know, you can favorite a tweet. You I just- did. Go ahead. I did. All right,
1: go ahead. Yeah, I couldn't find it. Yeah. Um, And all three of them said the same thing. This is a strange story for great news because a guy passed away. The story is a man passed away. Okay. But the story of his life is something, it's really an amazing story. And he did such amazing things that most people didn't know about. So let's
5: look at the story of the life of Dick Hoyt. All right, Dick. Finally, a father loved by his son by an entire city. He defined America Strong. Dick Hoyt and his son Rick were a team. Father and son for years competing in the Boston Marathon. That father pushing his son the entire way. We have followed their story for years. Rick was born paralyzed, the doctors telling his parents you should consider putting your newborn in a special care facility. We
9: cried, but we talked and we said, no, we're not going to put Rick away. We're going to bring Rick home
5: and bring him up like any other child. Dick and his wife, Judy, did just that. Sports, school, communicating through a computer. And it was back in 1977, Rick asked his father if they could run in a charity race together. Dad said he was out of shape, but that he would do it.
9: When we get home that night, Rick wrote on his computer, Dad, when I'm running, it feels like my disability disappears. So that was a very powerful message to me.
5: And so they kept running and running. The Boston Marathon 32 times. The statue in their honor. Whoa, near the starting I'm line. sorry, hold up.
0: 32
5: a- marathons.
0: The, the elite ma- American marathon. The Boston Marathon the Boston, is Yes. the marathon. Yes. 32 wow.
1: times. They even have a statue of him at the starting line. Oh. Isn't that amazing?
5: Dude. All right. Let's continue with the story. In their honor, near the starting line. More than a thousand races in all, Ironman's two. Dick, towing his son. Whoa! Swimming with him!
8: I'm amazed at what I'm doing. I'm running faster now when I'm 60 years old
5: than when I was 18 years old. His son Rick is now 59, and his father, who was 80, passed away overnight. Rick's brothers breaking the news to him. And it was Rick who gave his father the biggest gift.
9: I think that Rick has, you know, really made me fulfill my life as a father. It's the secret.
2: Just having a great son, I guess.
5: We celebrate Dick Hoyt and his family. Good night. How about that guy? Beautiful.
2: Hi, everyone. Steph.
5: Fuck you, Steph.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, that is an amazing yeah. parent right there. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful, beautiful story. He
1: was pulling him. On a raft in the ocean.
0: Do you know how far you have to swim in an Ironman? No, I don't. It's so far that you and I would go, well, we're, we can't do that with nothing to tug. Yeah. You understand? We'd like be, I'd be like, well, fuck, I can't do that.
1: But listen to his words were, I run faster when I'm 60 than I did when I was 18 because he has a reason to do it. Yeah. And that's an amazing person right there. 2.4 miles
0: swimming. What?
1: 2.4 miles swimming.
0: What, what 2.4 t- miles talking a, a, a person yes. wow on, dude that's a, that's that's beautiful and uh I, I can't even think of anything shitty to say or like a, a offhand remark i mean that's just amazing and uh you know i hope that that not only the the 59 year old uh child um the, the one with the uh special needs that he ran with but all his children really appreciate what a what an incredible person their father was. Yeah, agreed. Um, I hate to transition so greatly. This is going to take a big shift in theme. But last, um, last episode, I showed you video of me breaking Nick Swartzen's brain. Yes. With images. With uh, Nick
1: Swartzen looks at my phone.
0: Yes, essentially. But it was my computer. Okay. Which is, I think, even worse. Because I have more RAM to work with. Yeah. <laughs> and my phone isn't on the dark web. My computer is. Gotcha. So here is round two. Nick Swartzen comes back to Loveline. And for some reason, here's the thing. You pointed it out last time. He likes to go, ah, oh, this is the worst thing ever. He's not, he doesn't take his eyes off he of He kept anything. looking. And he always comes back for more. Yeah. So here is, I think his response, his response is exactly why I find these images because he is the best. Here we go.
7: This, you'll notice, is different than Blue Waffle. The so It's already covered Ready? up.
6: Ready? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God!
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh! my God! What the... What is that? It's like a fungus. What is that? It looks like one of those over baked potatoes from Wendy's. Oh. That's cancer. That,
0: that's cancer. Oh. that is a dead person.
4: That's a dead body?
7: Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised.
4: Oh.
7: That's, that's cancer.
4: Oh! But, <laughs> Is there a butthole? <laughs> there must be. What, the, what does the butthole look like? Ah! <laughs> oh! oh my god! Butthole. Oh! Is that a pussy? Yeah, it was! I oh my that god!
6: that
3: there?
4: That looks like a gremlin's cocoon. <laughs> <with laughs> diarrhea all over it. Blood. Oh god. Oh!
1: Okay.
7: Oh. Stage one. I completed it. God! Why perfect. do I do
1: this? Oh my god. That's my response, too, except for I stop looking. <sighs> Admit that. Admit that it's good. No. Admit watching. No. Uh, watching him is funny. Okay. Being him is not funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Because I've been in his position. I don't want to see that. Do you want to see my phone? I do. No. I do uh, a lot of times, though, have to think, what is that? There, right. That question has to be asked a And lot it of is
0: times. more. It, I think it's more fun when Dr. Drew's around because he'll be like, oh, that's yeah. cancerophilus nephrophriliac, you know, and that, that needs immediate surgery. That person's probably dead. Um, I, I like that. Yeah, that's great. Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, that's great.
1: All right. This uh, next story is very inspirational. The man's name is Lorenzo Thomas, and he got shot and was in the hospital for a long time recovering. Great news. And his mom. Will explain to you like w- the his journey and mm-hmm. what he had to get through, and he's making his comeback, his just getting back to normal life through boxing. Wow! Yes. So wow. the 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 question was asked of the mom: Did you at any point think that your
2: son was going to die? Okay. Watch this. That moment, did you think Lorenzo was going to die?
6: To be honest, no because my faith is that strong.
2: Down, but not out. Lorenzo kept
8: fighting.
6: There's a reason for everything. There were so many things going on. He was in a coma for three days. They had to go in because he had fragments from the bullet wound that he, on this side of his head, the damage from the bullet caused a shift in his spinal cord on the top. He had a trach, he had to get a G-tube. They weren't sure if he was gonna make it. Lorenzo spent almost three months
2: at Long Island's Winthrop Hospital, followed by several weeks in rehab.
6: He had to learn to do a lot of things over again, to talk, to walk, to eat. He was like a newborn baby i had to do everything for him for six years lorenzo kept fighting
2: working so hard to finally reach the point where he could use a walker to get around by himself in 2019 his fight entered a new round inspired by his olympic father lorenzo decided to take his fight to the ring which began with the ring of a phone so when
8: he called me you know it sounded like as if somebody was I had a little too much to drink. Or they were trying to prank me.
2: That's Michael Corleone, Renzo's coach and mentor. His his name is
0: Michael Corleone? (laughs) That's his name, yeah. (laughs) Do you think? I mean, that's obviously a cool thing to be associated, especially for an Italian-American. You're like, I'm Michael Corleone. But don't you think it might be a burden? Because I I, I read an article about, or I saw a documentary or something, about a guy named, uh, the dudes in Boston named Tom Brady. Oh right, like their name is Tom Brady. You're like, this is, yeah, this is kind of. I would change it. I think yeah. I would change it. I think it. I would too. Go on. Uh,
1: this this guy though, this trainer. Um, at first I was sort of like, eh, it's kind of a dick. Yeah. But keep watching and you'll see he's not. One about close to ten thirty in the morning,
8: I see a gentleman on a walker trying to get to my front door. I ran through the door, I opened up the door. I felt like the biggest jerk, because it turned
2: out that this was a real phone call. Michael immediately put Lorenzo in gloves and began showing him the ropes.
8: Uh, you can see that the want and the desire to do what it was I was asking him to do was there. So at the end of the workout, the mother asks me, okay, well, what do I owe you? And I says, ma'am, I did not ask you for money, did I? She says, no, but it can't be free. I said, really, why not? And if I say it's free, it's free. She says, why would you do that? I said, did you see the smile on that young man's face? That was payment enough for me.
6: Mike is a sweetheart. He's compassionate and he's loving. And I see that with his relationship with Lorenzo.
8: When he first came, the walking was difficult. Sometimes he would come in with a walker, sometimes I'd have to, as he progressed, he would hold on to my arm. At a point now, kid walks in, takes over the speed bag, and walks over to the sit-up board. I'm really the blessed one, because for what that kid has done, I I get choked up. That's a boy. What that guy has done and given me to train him, I can't tell you.
2: According to the American Association of Neurological Surgeons, people who suffer from traumatic brain injuries from gunshot wounds only have a 10% survival rate. Jesus. Those who do make it live with severe damage to their cognitive and motor skills. But Lorenzo's motor skills have beaten the odds. And thanks to social media, Lorenzo's story has garnered nationwide attention, with some of his videos getting millions of views. I spent
8: hours every day, every night answering the messages that we get on
2: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. How do you feel the fact that you may be an inspiration to others? Well, I'm
8: glad to be an inspiration to others because I'm so young. I think that Everyone can do something to the best of their abilities because it's all about moving forward. Life will knock you down. It's gonna be your job to get back up. How bad do you want it?
2: Ike Ajachi, ABC News, Hempstead, New York. Two.
0: How about that? That's a great story, man. That's a beautiful story. Uh, I, I, everyone involved—the mom, the the trainer, uh, obviously the, the the will and the the spirit of the young man who got shot—it's uh, just amazing. I, um, I, and I'm not. This is not a joke. I'll be very clear. <laughs> he had serious problems with his mobility because of his his gunshot, but his his uh, his lead left hook is way better than mine. Really? Yeah. Form wise. Yeah. Everything else, I was like, come no, <laughs> But his, his you were thinking, could I take him? He rotates over with
1: his left hook. Wait, we were watching
0: that, and you were thinking, can I take him? No, I was watching that, and I was like, man, what an amazing person! The fact that he's even being able to 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 hit the pads with accuracy because of uh, his injuries. But then I saw him throw that lead left hook, and I was like, oh shit! Like that's (laughs) like he's way better than me, and I don't. (laughs) I've never been shot before ever. Um, quick question though, what do you do because? Someone that tough absolutely is being wants to spar. He's yeah. he's he's going to test himself constantly. What do you do if you're the other boxer in the gym and they're like, "Come on, let's go a couple of rounds"? That's an impossible situation, right? Well, I don't think it is. I think you, I think you would f- feel for him and you would let him win. Okay, but we're talking about a guy with an iron will, a real fighter. Yeah, okay, this guy hit you. He, it might be more insulting if you don't throw any punches. So it's like, where do you go? Yeah, you know what you I'm don't want to Insult
1: him? I don't know. That's a good question. Because
0: I would be like, fuck, the, dude, what are we doing? Here? I assumed do we... that he would spar with his the trainer, trainer yeah, first, probably. Um, that is, uh, Kevin. That was a that was a home run. That, that was a grand slam <laughs> of a great news story. Um, I take us out with. I, I love outtakes from stuff. Um, outtakes from comedy shows, from from movies, is about um, Will Farrell is the master of outtakes because he forces almost everyone around him. Even the funniest, most professional comic actors, they 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 can't control themselves. Eastbound and Down, when he was on Eastbound and Down... It was a series on... HBO. HBO. With Danny McBride, with Danny McBride. as the star. And it was an excellent show. The thing about... Uh, Eastbound and Down is much like um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. They have a rough outline of what the show's gonna go, every script, but there's no real scripted stuff. They just let the funny people be funny. The improv, yeah. Will Ferrell's outtakes from season one of Eastbound and Down are so funny. I actually, I'm not kidding. I thought I was gonna get sick to my (laughs) stomach yesterday when I was pulling this. Watch poor Craig Robinson trying his best. (laughs) Just play it. This is the best. (laughs) So you double retired. Oh, really?
9: <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen with a light blue hue to them, fresh and juicy, ready for the picking. <laughs> all the school children are lining up to put them in the sack lunches. <laughs> hey, that plum looks good. Can I trade it for your Twinkie? No, these are my plums. I want to bite into that plum and let the juice spill down my chin. <laughs> You know what I mean? All the while, everyone said, <laughs> "I want the juice to spill." <laughs> it. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> if I recall correctly, if I recall correctly, <laughs> my plums, beautiful bluish hue, the sun. Just dancing right off of them, just nice. Getting ready to take them to market. (laughs) I can feel it down in my plums. (laughs) I can feel it down in my plums. They're getting a nice bluish hue. Getting ready to take them to the farmer's market. Special, two plums for one. (laughs) Feel it down in my plums. I could feel the tension in the air.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
9: and I told my wife Beverly when I was on top of her.
4: <laughs>
9: what? Don't motherfucker, oh. don't laugh. When I was on top of her making Intense, painful love. (laughs) (laughs) Consider it done. Okay? Listen to me. I'm gonna be real honest with you right now. This moment came to me in a dream. About a month ago, I was making love my wife Donna on top of her thrusting away. A sultry, hot evening. All the windows closed. The heat turned up to about 82, so it gets sweaty and hot. (laughs) My hips thrusting down on Donna, her trying to get away because she does not like it. When I hear a sound, I rap at the door my young son Gabriel walks in. My wife says, no, Gabriel, leave. I say, no. Let the boy watch. Let the boy watch. He needs to learn the way I learned from my father. The way he learned from his father.
0: (laughs) Stop, stop. It doesn't get any better than that. He is a gift. I can't. I can't even understand. How do you finish scenes? How do you ever finish? Yeah, I would not
1: be able to. And then the more you try to not laugh, the more you laugh.
0: And the more, it seemed like the more Craig Robinson was having trouble, the harder Will Ferrell pushed him to break. Like it was, ugh. Well, there. I I thought that that was great news because I feel better.
1: Agreed. Getting some applause from the other room.
0: Woo! Thanks, guys. And gals. Sir
1: Gallup. Hey, by the way, if you uh, like this podcast, recommend it to your friends, subscribe, and uh, click the little bell thing so you get a notification every time we post
0: one. That's right. Remember to click the bell and subscribe and make sure that you tell your friends and then have them download so that we can get better ratings and statistics and analytics and all that math stuff. Oh, yeah. No, no. (laughs) This is the outro. Here we go. (laughs)
1: It's my favorite new video.
6: Nice.